the case by case basis podcast where we don't always agree with black people or white people, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberals, gay or straight. We just take the information that we have been given, look at it, evaluate it, make a decision on how we feel about it on a case by case basis because that's what we think everyone should do. <clears throat> Snoop Dogg is joining an ownership group led by Nico Sparks. And they're looking to purchase the Ottawa Senators of the NHL. And I think that's really significant because it actually shows black faces owning a team and none other than the NHL, which is a really white sport. And not to say that they're not black players in the NHL right now. I, I believe it's about 23 or 24, about, about close to 10%, somewhere between 9 and 10% of the players in the league are black. And what a lot of people don't know is that um, Grant Fuhr, he was the goalie of the Edmonton Oilers when Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier was there, and they were winning, I believe, four straight Stanley Cups, and he was black. So we've had black players in the NHL, and Willie O'Ree was one of the original black stars in the NHL. So, I mean, people think that it, 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 it is a majority white sport. I mean, all you got to do is look at it, but, you know, that would be really significant to have black men owning an NHL team. But... I just looked at it and, you know, people were coming out with this narrative that they said, oh, they're going to introduce the sport to inner city kids. And, you know, this is why uh, they're not they're not using the words. This is why they're uh, trying to get this black group. But it seems like they're, they're trying to make it look like, oh, we, we're all about that, you know, that diversity, equity and inclusion. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why. One, I've come to a conclusion in in my life that entrepreneurs and people that are in business never, I mean, nothing, nothing is done simply out of the goodness of their heart. No, there's always got to be something in it for them. And that's not a bad thing. You know, but because, you know, you especially when you're in business, you have to look out for the business or else the business will fail. But, you know, are they simply using this as a marketing tool to, to gain more fans? I would say so. But it depends on what they give in return. You know, I mean, uh, if you look at tennis and golf, uh, you know, those sports gained a lot more fans when Tiger Woods started winning. Now, he wasn't the first black guy to play golf. I mean, Lee Elder played for years. You know, he just wasn't winning like Tiger Woods was. Same as Serena Williams. I mean, you had Zena Garrison in the 80s. You had Arthur Ashe in the 70s. And you had Althea Gibson. And Althea Gibson and Arthur Ashe, they were winning. But, you know, and Arthur Ashe had, you know, uh, camps that he would put on in black communities. And I believe Althea Gibson did too. Zena Garrison, you know, she did too. I believe in the Houston, Texas area where she's from. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sorry I didn't look that up. I should have. But I just know that it is going to be a tit for tat. And if that's the case, I say so be it. No big deal. 
But I just want it to be a situation where, you know, these things are being sustained and not just given for a certain amount of time. And then once the ethers wore worn off, then you just go back to business as usual, where you have a lot of people in the black community, all of a sudden they're buying a lot of hockey jerseys. All of a sudden, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're tuning into games so the networks can uh, gain more money uh, because, you know, they have eyeballs and things like that. And uh, to raise the profile of hockey, though, I mean, this is just from per- personal experience. All you needed to do really was take them to a game. TV does not do hockey justice. I learned this personally because I went to a hockey game and there's several things you cannot appreciate by watching the game of hockey on TV. One glaring thing that you can't appreciate when you go to a game is how fast they're moving. These guys are moving extremely fast and how small the rink is. You know, it's 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 big. It's big enough, of course, you know, for them to start, stop, you know, do things like that. But these guys are moving, it seems like at lightning speed, and they, oh, it's just it's just so athletic. It's it, it it's a great sport to go and watch. But I didn't really want to talk about that. Oh, uh, it's a great game if you if if you take the time to get into it. Now Snoop mentioned that he sees it as a way to get, you know, to get black kids into a different sports, you know, more than just basketball, football and baseball. And he said himself, since he started his Snoop Youth Football League, they have sent 20,000 kids to D1 schools. That's just D1 schools on scholarship since 2005, since he started the Snoop Youth Football Program. And NFL has had a hand in that. You know, they've uh, come through, I believe, with, with equipment and things like that. And I believe the NHL will probably do the same thing. You know, they'll come through with, you know, equipment and things like that. One thing, though, that I'm looking at is when it comes to hockey, is where they're going to play, you know. So you need a hockey rink for them to play. And if you're going to play ice hockey, now there's roller hockey, which is different. You know, of course, you're playing on roller skates. Where are you going to get this rink? And then one another big thing is that rink has to be sustained. It has to be maintained. So that's going to be something that will definitely have to be looked looked into. I know that uh, he was talking, uh, he was being interviewed, and what was mentioned was, you know, are they going to start pouring money into these communities to uh, get participation from the the younger groups? And like I said, he mentioned uh, baseball and the lack of participation is because of how receptive you are are you showing the sport is to embracing minority communities? Baseball has always tried to show that they're embracing minority communities. Now, I don't like the fact that they use the term minority communities. I mean, 
because that that's kind of like you know including people who haven't had the same struggles you know you uh, that's why you know when you talk about oh well we need to do something for people of color it's like no Asians have had a different struggle than black people which have a different struggle than Latinos which have you know it, all the, str- the struggles are different but that's 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 not a here nor there but anyway what are you doing to 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 increase participation or to embrace uh, minorities uh, participating in these sports and like I said you, you, you're gonna have and when it comes to hockey you have to have a place to play you have to have equipment sticks pucks nets shoulder pads uniforms it's a it's a really really expensive sport and to try to bring that to the inner city is going to be tough, especially when you have a lot of people who just who are just worried worried about <clears throat> paying bills. You know, just 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 taking care of their necessities to live. You know, all of a sudden you want to say, well, you know what? Well, you can concentrate on this, and if unless like the NHL and the uh, well, we're talking about the NHL right now. Unless the NHL is going to come into these communities and say, well, you know, we're going to sustain these leagues. It's going to be really, really tough without outside investment coming, not just from the NHL, but it has to be a sustained effort on the part of a lot of people. And, you know, I know that I'm not in those communities and I I, I, I am black, but I, I don't live in the inner city. So. I mean, just being able to come out and put resources into the community to try to get them to play hockey is going to be really, really tough. But I say, hey, if you want to do it, that's fine. But I have another way of thinking about it. You know, yeah, you can increase money to build leagues and sustain leagues for however long you can sustain it. But... I think a cheaper way and this, you know, just a, a less expensive way would be why don't you just while you're teaching them, you know, the rules of the sport and the techniques of the sport, why don't you teach them the business of sports? All you need is a community center to do that. And you can teach them how they can be in the game without having to participate in the actual athletics of the game. Most people do not have the hand-eye coordination to play sports. I've learned that over the years. People have tried and, you know, they love doing it, but there are very few people who are actually good at it. Ask any tall black guy who's over, I would say, over six foot three or six foot four, the first question a lot of people ask them is that they play basketball. And they come up to them and they ask them that, but without knowing that it's a tough sport. Just because, you know, you see these tall guys playing does not mean everybody tall and black has to play because they just don't have the coordination to play the game. But they can think the game. They can think about the business of sports and what goes into starting a franchise, running a franchise, what are the different aspects of, of the franchise that had to be taken care of? You know, getting people in place to keep this franchise growing and, and making money. That I think more people can do. 
rather than just bringing in uh, sports arenas and, and, and hockey rinks and skates and shoulder pads and sticks and pucks and nets and all of that's really, really expensive. You can start a website and you can bring people in, executives in, and you can teach them the business of sports right there, like I said, in the community center. And it doesn't take all of the things that I just mentioned. Now, you, you can still do that, of course. But why, why do we always stop there without teaching them how to get into the game without actually having to play the game? Because like I said, playing the game is really, really, uh, it's really, really tough. So once we do that, then we can get into people, you know, they're, they're learning the game from the ground up. And then they can start thinking about ownership positions because one, the, the higher up that you get into these organizations, if, if they decide to go that route, the more money you're going to make. The more And while you're making money, you're also making connections. So while you're making the money, you're making those connections, then you can start thinking about ownership. Because one of the things that was said in this interview was, you know, that the more diversity the ownership group is, the less problems we'll find ourselves encountering because there are people in the room who don't necessarily look like one another from different cultural backgrounds and they can mesh and converse with one another and talk about things and hash things out in a way where nobody feels ostracized because everybody knows they have some degree of representation. I don't necessarily agree with that, but I see where they were going. You know, if you have a black face in these meetings, you would think that they would come from a black perspective. And that's not that's not always the case. As a matter of fact, once you start uh, going around and mingling in different circles, your perceptions start to change. You know, you were thinking one way when you were in the neighborhood with people who thought that same way. But once you start changing your circles and you start interacting with different people and you see how things really work, Instead of seeing things how you, uh, instead of making speculations and speculating as to how they work, you say, well, whoa, you know, so you'll come in and you'll say, okay, now certain things are not going to change, but, and you can say, you know what, I don't believe in this and I don't believe in that because you are going to revert back to where you're from and the things that you learn from, from, from your culture. But that's not always going to be the case. You're going to have some some black faces that's going to walk in there and it and it is going to go with the flow. So rather than having diversity of look and diversity of melanin, you have to have diversity of thought and you can get that diversity of thought from anybody. It would be nice if you had black people that 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 went into there and they gave like this quote unquote black perspective. But Diversity of thought is the main thing, though, because, you know, we, 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 we I've talked about in several episodes before about collusion. And, you know, we know what the NFL players did. I'm sorry, the NFL owners did with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, we just saw what we speculate that they did with Lamar Jackson. All that's fine and dandy. But if you just because you have uh, a black face in there does not mean that that black face won't go with the flow. 
So it'd be nice if they did, but that's something that we that, that, that we'll have to see. And oh, also something that was mentioned said in order for the leagues to elevate participation rates of folks from the minority communities, like they, they, they said it again, I think it's important that they go into these communities, make sure uh, they pour money into these communities in terms of having sports leagues, youth sports leagues, buying equipment, making sure that they have facilities and they can participate in these sports. That's something I just mentioned earlier. That, yeah, when it comes to hockey, like I said, I mentioned everything that you have to buy, uh, you know, shoulder pads, uniforms, sticks, pucks, you know, rinks, nets, and things like that. But it goes back to something that I used to always say, and this is before I had a podcast, and now I can say it uh, in the open and more people can hear it. Usually people in poorer communities, and usually when people talk about the black community, let's call it spade to spade, that's who they talk about. They talk about poorer black people. When they participate in sports, it's usually the poorer sports. Sports where you need the less, need the least. You know, that's why basketball was so prevalent in the black community is because all you needed was a ball. You get the ball, you can just play. Football, yeah. In organized football, you have shoulder pads, you have uh, uniforms, and you have cleats and stuff like that. But... In order to play the game of football, all you need is a football. That's it. Baseball is a little bit more expensive. You know, you have bats, balls, and gloves. And you have to have many gloves. You know, and you have to have... Uh, and that ball can get worn out and you have to keep uh, keep replacing it. However, we know the balls are much cheaper than the football. But a, a football does not wear out as as often as a baseball. So the more expensive the sports become, the less apt people from poorer communities can participate in them. But I I really wanted to get on this episode and talk about the fact that rather than us keep pushing participation in the sport itself, we need to start uh, advocating, we need to start pushing for avid, for participation in the boardrooms because that's where the real action takes place and that's where you can get a bigger, you can get more participation because it doesn't cost as much. You know, like I said, all you need is, 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 is all you need is, is a community center and you can just tell people about uh, the ownership in sports and they can just take notes. Okay. You have to do this. This is something else you have to have. Okay. When you go, when you're negotiating contracts, these are the stipulations that are, uh, that are in a lot of these contracts, go to school to, and keep your grades up so you can get a scholarship so you can major in this in college. You know, it doesn't have to be division one, division two, division three. All it has to be is a good school, a good accredited school. So you can learn these things. Try to get internships with teams. Teams don't necessarily have to be uh, major league teams. The the major league major league baseball has a bunch of farm teams that you can just gain experience from. The NBA, you can go overseas and you can participate in those leagues. So there's a there's a lot more 
there's a bigger chance that you can make the pros in the boardroom. You have a better chance they're making it on the court. How many NBA spots are there in uh, in, in basketball in the NBA? Was it 480, something like that? But you can go and you can be a part of the NBA in the in the front office and learn the sport from the business side. I mean, you can go to either, like I said, you can either go to those NBA teams and what you're learning in these these minor league sports, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, hockey, uh, golf, what you're learning can just propel you into different and higher positions in the front office. So we, let's just stop thinking that the only thing these young black kids can do is play. They can also pay, meaning pay out the salaries of the people who are playing. So check that out. And that's just something that that, that I wanted to uh, talk about today. Uh, That's going to be the end of the episode today. Uh, Don't forget the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts. Please give us five stars. Also available on Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and subscribe on Spotify. Thank you guys very much for listening. I'll talk to you next time.